they are the wise guru on the mount that all of us look towards, right? As kind of that North Star for everybody. So we're not picking on them. We're holding them up as an example of like, look what was done right. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. You're joined again by your two favorite hosts. I'm Adam Moore, here with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and today in studio, we're going to be highlighting the values and practices of an all-familiar company, AT&T. To do this, we're going to take a look at AT&T's mission statement, their core values, and more to help us get an idea of what AT&T stands for and if that mission is reflected in their business dealings and relationships. So I think probably a great way to kind of start this off is why don't we just read what the AT&T mission statement is, right? I love that. So, I love that. Great. Why not? Okay, here we go. I'll keep my radio voice going here for a minute. Yes, let's hear it. <laughs> Our mission is to exploit technical innovations for the benefit of AT&T and its customers by implementing next-generation technologies and network advancements in AT&T services and operations. Okay? And here's their vision it. statement. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a really good one. It is. We aspire to be the most admired and valued company in the world. Our goal is to enrich our customers' personal lives and to make their business more successful by bringing to market exciting and useful communication services, building shareholder value in the process. So that. that's the mission and vision statement of AT&T, right? Not uncommon for a major corporation to have such things, right? I think everybody has... Um, Similar statements uh, that kind of point to core values, kind of point to company culture, right? And I think AT&T does a pretty good job. It, I mean, think about how big they are, right? Right. It's retail, it's land, it's cellular, it's the lines, it's the satellites, it's the yeah. keeping everything running, right? So there's a lot there to wrap up in two sentences. I think if I'm counting my punctuations correct, three sentences between the mission statement and vision statement. Yes. That's a lot, right? So- I think that sounds pretty good. So why don't we kind of break down that mission of value statement a little bit? Yeah. I mean, when I look at the overall values that they have, mm -hmm. live true, think big, mm -hmm. pursue excellence, inspire imagination, be there, stand for equality, embrace freedom, make a difference. I would say that their values are directly aligned with the mission statement and the vision statement. I agree. And this is a way to make the mission statement and the value statement actionable, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. 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 And you see this played out in the way they go to market, 
Yes. Right. And the way that we see them in the supplier diversity space, I think that they totally live by this. And I think that's a very important thing for corporates to remember, right? With the younger generations who are coming out of colleges and are going to start being the next wave of consumers, that they will actually measure you against this, right? Yes. They will go, they will go to the internet to measure you against this, right? They Mm-hmm. Um, no longer are younger generations as loyal to brand flags, right? I remember growing up that if you had grandma's recipe for cheesecake, right? Yeah. And it said Philadelphia cream cheese, by goodness, you went and bought the craft brand Philadelphia cream cheese and not the store brand, right? Right. right. You just did because grandma did it that way. You did it that way. Right. Right. It was familiar. It's familiar. Right. And we were very comfortable in that. As I'm seeing the younger generations, and I'm saying this as a father of a junior in college and a junior in high school, they go to the Internet to ask these questions. Right. What do you all think about Kraft cream cheese? (laughs) Yes. And, And they'll wait for everybody to opine on this. Right. Like, oh, it really stinks. I use uh Kroger brand, or, you know, I use off-brand ABC, or I only live and die by Kraft Cream. It's amazing. It's like crowdfunding. It is. It is. It, it, you <laughs> know, ideas. we used to say, you know, you would live and die by the court of popular opinion. Yes. Well, now that court votes in real time and frequently. Frequently. Very, you know? very frequently. Yeah. I love it. I think that when you think about this next generation, people, yes, they want to hear what people's experiences are with a brand, yep. mm-hmm. but also there, there's not as much brand loyalty, I think, from consumers. Yeah. They want to know, what have you done for me lately? Like, right. we don't yes. necessarily care about what you've done. And we may not know all your mission mm-hmm. and values. So how are you living this out on a regular basis so that mm-hmm. consumers know who you are and what you stand for? Right. And that's why you start. That's why you've heard us talk about CSR, right? Yeah. Community Sustainable Reporting. Yeah. People want to know. They want to pull out your report. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be like, that's fine. You made, you lost money. Great. What are you doing in the communities? I mean, honestly, I'm watching investors now turn to that page and really pay attention to what are you doing in the communities? How are you sustaining the environment? What steps are you taking? I think we even had a guest talk about it, right? It was responsible sourcing. Right. I loved that quote. Yes. And that's what people are looking for. Yeah. Responsible sourcing, you know? And, and so I'm sure people are like, so why are you guys picking on AT&T? We're not picking on AT&T. No. AT&T though is one of the gold standard top four companies in the world that in our space and supplier diversity, AT&T was really the first corporate to step forward and say, this is an initiative of ours. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so when you kind of grow up in this space in your career, AT&T is always that, well, AT&T did this in the 70s. AT&T did this in the 80s. Yeah. Right. So they are the wise guru on the mount that all of us look towards, right, as kind of that North Star for everybody. So we're not picking on them. We're holding them up as an example of like, look what was done right. Okay. Right. I just want to make exactly. sure everybody understands that. Yeah. And I don't want AT&T to double the prices on my cell phone. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> they are the gold standard. And they I are think, the gold standard. I think the other thing about AT&T is that um, they have been very intentional and thoughtful about making sure that anyone that works with them yes. also understands the importance of supplier diversity yes. and making sure that, you know, this is not just some pass through or something that you can just send us some list they really, really, really go into depth around making sure that their suppliers, their tier one suppliers yeah. are are compliant with their supplier yes. diversity requirements. Yeah. 
Exactly. And they have the contract language in it. They have the, Absolutely. the SLA meetings, right? So they are really looking at um, those metrics. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, they, they're looking at it, right? And, you know, the other thing too, which I think is great, and let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of point back to um, their values, right? The, yeah. the live true, think big. Oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I'll be approached uh, by somebody saying, hey, love the show. I, how do I approach these big corporates? How do I approach AT&T? How do I approach yeah. one of the big four or five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guys, look at their values, yeah. right? Live true, think big, pursue excellence, inspire the imagination. How do you tie into those values? How does right. your company product how does your company culture, how does your company stance on, on the world tie into these values? Okay. Because again, you're selling a widget. I can probably find 10 people to sell the same or similar widget, right? That's just a capitalist market, people. That's yeah. a capitalist market that it is. How you differentiate. And this is the this is the kind of the million dollar question. A, a company like ATT has handed it to you on a golden platter. Yeah. Here's our mission, here's our vision, here's our values. How do you plug into it? How do you promote it? And how do you protect it? Right. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is you as a supplier to a big company are expected to protect the mission, vision and values of that company. And you have to be able to articulate that. You do. That's what's going to differentiate you. The other thing that does too in an RFP, especially when we get to the verbal side of it, the big corporate sits there and goes, oh, you really understand us. You've really kind of looked at us and you understand where you're going to fit in and we don't have to kind of like force you into that position. Right. Right. Telling you guys, that's where you find differentiators. How do you fit in? Yeah. How do you verbalize that? How do you articulate it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, And I think that oftentimes that it's often a miss when companies don't think about how do we articulate what it is that we do and making sure that their mission statement line up with their day-to-day business practices and how they show Mm -hmm. up in the world. Right. And so to build on that, it's not just enough to sit there and go, I tie into your mission, vision, and values, right? Right. But you need to have your own mission, vision, and values. So you can say, well, here's mine. And look, they equate. Yes. We are mission aligned. Actually, We are mission aligned and I can help promote you. Yes. Amplify your mission, vision, and values, right? So again, so let's kind of take a step back, right? So we're going to use AT&T as a standard. So what is the difference between a mission and a vision? I often get asked that as a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. So but like, isn't that kind of the same thing? Well, no, I mean, I think the mission is, you know, what we're doing now. Right. No. And the vision is our mission is going to get us to this vision, and that is, and that's the best way I think to think about it. Our mission right now is X, and this right. is going to get us to a vision of Y, and that's right. your long term where you want to be, pie in the sky, you know, North Star, yep. if you will. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I could not yeah. agree more. And when I'm mentoring a CEO, I'm very much like you have to have the right people in place so you can take a few hours a week and step back and really think about your business because yeah. the mission and vision, guess what? Aren't static people. You don't sit there and go done. We've written it, put it in a, you know, put it on the internet and let's drive on. Right. Yeah. It, business is dynamic. Your business is a living creature, right? The, the right. environment we operate in is a, is a living environment. It's changing constantly. So you as a, a CEO have to sit there and go, are, is our mission and vision still aligned to where we're going? 
to what we're trying to do? Have we matured down another path and we kind of need to revisit this? Right. That's very important. Very important. It is very important because one of the things I often see is a company starts out with a great mission and vision. They've hit the road. They're running. They're growing. They're scaling. And then all of a sudden, they're like, uh, somebody say, oh, go check out X, Y, and Z company. You might want to use them in this RFP you've got coming up for this widget. I'm like, okay. I go out there. I start reading on it. And I'm like, this says nothing about what I've got an RFP for. Right. Right. And you go and listen. You go read their mission and vision. You're like, I don't, I don't think we're aligned. Yeah. And guess what? You got left off the RFP. Mm. Because that kind of helps me gain some clarity and some comfort around bringing you into a competitive event. And you guys have to remember, and I think Chloe and I have said this before, I'll say it again, as supplier diversity professionals inside of corporate, we build up a certain amount of political equity, absolutely, money, mm-hmm. political money that we can spend, right? right? And we have to be careful with it. Uh, and we, and if I don't know who you are, and you've kind of come to me as a referral, right? right? And I go to your website to check you out, and I don't see what makes me comfortable and confident, Yeah. I'm going to move on. And I could have missed the most amazing partner to have brought into an RFP. Right. Right. But I can't, I, you know, sometimes in our profession, as much as we want to be ahead of the curve, supplier diversity guys sometimes is a last minute, like, oh, we don't have a diverse supplier on this RFP. Adam, go find somebody. Just got that email this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I don't even know what this scope is. So (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what they want. They're trying to explain to me kind of what they think they need. And now I've got to go try to find suppliers that I haven't even met with. And I'm looking at your mission, your vision, your values. I'm looking at and guys, your profiles and all of these umpteen thousand databases. And I'm sorry they're out there because they drive us professionals crazy, too. They got to be up to date. I know that's not even on the script. I'm off script right now. I'm going to get on a soapbox. They've got to be up to date. Yeah. You have to have somebody in your organization where if even it's at their, their part-time job, once a month, once a quarter, every six months, God, please something, go out there and check those databases. Make sure they're accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is critical because if they're trying to reach you and you're and then you're at, asking the same questions, right? How do we do business? How do we do, right. how do we connect? Well, I think the first step is making sure that your profile and all your information is up to date. It's very low hanging fruit. It is. It's so simple to do. And then the converse is true. I just had this happen. I had somebody come to me and say, hey, I need this service. I'm like, done. I go search a database. I'm like, oh, look, this company does it. I send them over to them. I'm like, look, I haven't talked to them. I think this looks like a fit from everything I can tell. They go call that company and they say, oh, yeah, we no longer do that. Guess who I'm never recommending again? Right. Because I don't have confidence that your profile's up to date. Right. Right. Okay. And I even had an NGO. Here's And here's what's the problem. I had one of our NGO partners help me find this person. Oh, no. Yeah. Guys, critical. Well, but I think it's also upon the NGOs to make sure that if they're making a recommendation that they, they should have also called prevented them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But sometimes, again, we go back to this. It's a rush job, right? right? And I'm calling my NGO going, I've got six hours. They've also got all their work to do, right? So it's yeah. a cycle, yeah. right? Nobody's in the right 100%. Nobody's in the wrong 100%. 
I'm just trying to point out things where I can help you, you can help me, and we all can go make money. Yeah. Okay. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. I think we do need to just be a little bit more thoughtful about how we show up in the world, whether it be in portals, on our websites, um, in meetings, because you know, it's not rocket science. It's it's right. just showing up every day, consistent. See, and you know, when we just, I mean, I think about just um, AT&T's values, you know, excellent, yes. pursue excellence. I mean, pursuing I think pursuing excellence. I think that that yes. is one of the things that, that could be a value for, for, for most companies. Like we should all be achieving a level of excellence for, for our businesses. You tied that to a wonderful concept and that is consistency. Yeah. Consistency. I cannot tell you how many times. I've gone to events and I've met a supplier. I'm like, oh, okay. They seem kind of with it. I see them at another event. I'm like, this is a totally different conversation than I had with you a month ago at the other show. Yeah. Then I see them at a local event and they're like in flip flops. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, mm -mm, I cannot. And we'll not put you forward. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do this. Can't do that. It it comes down to that equity that I've built up internally. Yeah. Help me build it. Please don't take it away from me. I have very little. (laughs) Help me help you. Help me help you people. Yes, yes, yes. I think that um, the way that AT&T has gone about this, though, is when you look at their mission, their vision and their values, Mm -hmm. you would reflect like it would be impossible for supplier diversity to not be weaved into this because oh, yeah. it's so deeply ingrained in in the mission and mm-hmm. in the vision. You know, I think that's very true. And, and the other thing you have to think about too is employee retention. Right. Right. Especially with a company as large as AT&T. And there's all sorts of studies about how much it costs you to lose senior leaders and, and that type of thing, right? It's not just the time it takes to train somebody. It's the time it takes them to get up, them up to speed, right? And then yeah. the stress that you're putting on the organization is that person is trying to come up to speed, right. you know, to take over that position and be, you know, independent. Right. Um, and I really think, and especially as I'm watching um, the, the younger generations, and again, I'm not slamming the younger generation. I'm just saying this is the mindsets that we're seeing coming out. The mission and vision is almost more important than the paycheck. Yes, absolutely. Right? In this age of gig economy, I can't tell you how many people I know in the 30 and under range that are working a full-time job, but have a side gig doing something, whether it's passive income, whether it's a digital something, uh, whether it's a creative thing they do on the weekend, they're supplementing their income along the way, right? They have, they're they're truly one of the first generation I've seen, they're truly multi-streaming their income, which is hats off to you guys. Good job. Yes. Um, And so really and truly, it's not a, if I don't make it here, I'm not going to make it anywhere. Right. Kind of paraphrase a song. And and so they're really starting to look at, is this a purpose-driven company? I can't tell you how many times I have heard HR professionals talk about being a purpose-driven company. And you see it come out here, right? It's not enough to be, um, they want their friends to say, oh, you work for AT&T and I heard they did this and you guys are doing that. And I saw this news splash, they are very well educated in this. Yeah. Right. And they're very well educated in what is that firm doing 
uh, in that social justice, in that community reinvestment, in that, you know, eco- um, uh, ecological protection arenas. Yeah. And, and they hold that as a little bit of a badge of honor. So, I mean, we have to, as corporates, think about that and, and live up to these flags. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's you're going to see more and more of it as we continue to evolve. Yeah. More and more accountability. around what it is that you say you're going to do, what you actually do. And then if you don't say, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. Consumers will stop buying your products and yes. And also speak and also tell their friends, you know, it'll be viral on social media. Everything gets shared now when people have experiences and Mm -hmm. To that degree, it should be even more concerning for companies because oh yeah, it can get away from you so quickly when any of your stakeholders encounter your brand and have yep. an unfavorable experience, you know, right. and and that and that's not what you want. Yeah. And we all know, unfortunately, bad news travels like wildfire. It does. It just does. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the the unhappy truth, if you will, right? And and now and in, in today's world, I love what you said about sharing on social media. I mean, everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Everybody's got a video recorder in their pocket. And these and even the body cams are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Yeah. So you almost have to assume every interaction you have with a customer, if you're forward facing, is being recorded. I mean, that's almost the level we're at right now. Yeah, it is. Um Something that we have to all be cognizant of is, yes. you know, social sharing and making sure yep. that, you know, we're aware of every interaction that we have with the yep. public, every single yep. interaction, because, you know, so much is digital now. I mean, you think about how virtual we are. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the traditional ways that you used to market and the traditional ways that you used to think about how do we share our mission and our vision mm-hmm have changed and evolved. And when you think about all of the different platforms, making sure that there's consistency too across those platforms and that someone's actually engaging with consumers on those platforms Mm -hmm. so they can catch some of those things, especially like on Twitter. I see people posting things on Twitter, especially about, you know, different airlines or experiences. Oh man. Like canceled again. And they'll like tag the company. Oh, yes, they will. They'll call you out right there and then. Yes, they will. And I think that this is something that companies need to start thinking about, you know, I think in in more depth is, are we monitoring? Are we doing the social listening that we need to? And are we still showing up, you know, from a mission standpoint and a value standpoint in all these spaces that we have a presence and that our consumers are trying to engage with us? Most definitely. I mean, you have to have a chief social officer almost now, right? Yeah. That just monitors all that. And then if you're international, I mean, that's a huge part, right? Because now you're talking about different, you know, different ways of thinking, different cultures, different, you know, mindsets, that type of thing. So you have to be really super sensitive to that. Yeah. Um, One size fits all does not work, you know in that in that landscape so we really have to start putting some some thoughts around that especially when we're talking about our mission vision and values right because they will get tested they're pressure tested every day every day every you know? day yeah yeah and so i think that kind of comes down to some of the things that maybe we've heard about those right and and they're like well that's just such a vague statement or that's just such a, a vague mission you know 
Yeah. I, I don't think that companies are trying to be vague on purpose. You know, especially when you look at a company, I mean, we'll, still, we'll just pull out our gold standard here again, right? When you look at a company the size of AT&T, I think with as broad as their reach is, I think you, you know, you can't list everything. It's going to sound, it might feel a little vague, yeah. but if you boil it down, that's still kind of the core competency. That's still kind of the core culture uh, and, and, and the core tenant and, and of the company, right? And as we used to say in the military, tone and tenor are, are started at the top. And I think that's what that is. It's tone and tenor. Right. How Absolutely. are we going to execute? Right. We're not going to get in the minutiae. That's down at another level. But this is this is how we are moving forward. Here is our mission. Here is our vision. And here are the values that we're going to use to execute. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I think for another episode, we can kind of talk about what does this look like for small businesses? And I think that would be great. Yeah. And how do they communicate their mission and vision, even in some mm-hmm. of these initial meetings when they're meeting mm-hmm. with corporations and what resonates? Yep, exactly. Exactly. And the power of paralleling that to who you're prospecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry Reed and Adam Moore. And if you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous shows and stay tuned for next time. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.